Hello, world, and welcome to season two of the Philonies Nash Experience podcast, an audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third eye opening conversations on entrepreneurship and leadership from the African American perspective. I am your host, Philonies Nash. Welcome. My guest today is a highly in demand comic who performs around the country as a corporate entertainer and can also be found on stage in some of the country's most prominent comedy clubs. He has worked with some of the biggest names in comedy, including Lonnie Love, Ralphie Mae, Rosie O'Donnell, Arsenio Hall, Earthquake, Charlotte Murphy, Gilbert Gottfried, and Kevin Hart, just to name a few. He uses his improvisation skills and his life experience as a husband, father, and generally very confused man to relate to his audience in a hilarious montage of miscommunication and everyday observations. He is a native Nashvilleian and calls Zanies Nashville his home club. I have seen him live and I could not stop laughing. He is hilariously funny, but super down to earth. The Nashes call him Big Mike. So please give a warm Philonies Nash experience welcome to Mike James. I appreciate that. That was that was nice. I appreciate those. Did you kind like words. that? Should, should we go on tour? Can I do all yeah, your Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make that happen. So how you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad you're and very happy that you are on the show. So uh tell me because comedy is an in-person type of scenario, right? Like you can watch it on TV, but I love being in the comedy club. How's Corona, the COVID pandemic affected uh, business and, and are things getting back to the way it should be? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's getting there, but I mean, it's still not there. We got a, we got a ways to go. Um, I mean, people are, they still a little worried about coming out. Um, clubs are still, you know, they still have to go by whatever the law is in, in their city. Um, but I mean, we're going to get back, it, it, you know, for a while it was a complete shutdown. Clubs were not booking, uh, just, we, we couldn't do anything for about, about three and a half months, three and a half, four months. we were just shut down. So it just, it was tough. You know, everybody felt it. Was, was there a way to pivot? So I bring this up because if anyone has not seen, your ring commercial. <laughs> Please tell us how that came about. I it that was so cute and so funny because you had the baby's microphone <laughs> with the light. And I'm just like, oh, that is so cute. <laughs> so how did that even come about, Mike? I mean, really, it was just I mean, just boredom. But like, I mean, just not being able to get on stage. I know a lot of people were doing a lot of the the Zoom uh, comedy shows, and and people are still doing it. Um, that that was never for me. Like I, I just could never, you know. I just it, it's kind of a it, you got to feel the crowd. At least I do. I mean, I got to be able to to, to feel the crowd. Um, and I, I was just bored and just like you know, I got to get this out. And I remember um, Martin Lawrence had a uh, an album out called. Um, uh, funk it. And on that album, at the beginning, he said he used to go, he used to go door to door and tell jokes. And I was just like that, you know, how would I do that with it, you know, getting it recorded? So I just started, you know, we had a, a ring doorbell, started there and just started going to people's houses with rings. 
So how many houses? I think in the commercial itself, you had like three homes that you went. How many did you actually go to and record? I think I did like four. Okay. Um, yeah. And I wanted to do it like, like, you know, once a week. What, what happened was the, the club started opening up. So it was like, well, I started going back to the clubs. Yeah. It wasn't really, you know, the whole point of, of it was nobody's able to do comedy. So let me bring it to you. So I'm going to, if, if you still have the link, I want to post that link uh, with the show notes so everyone can see it because okay. it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. I said it <laughs> and it was like, there was no one responding to you. So you're like, all right, that's my time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. So I will make sure that you get that to me and I will, I will definitely put that in the show notes. Um, so who is Mike James? I know the Mike James that I, thought I knew before I saw you on stage. <laughs> right, right. Two different people, right? Two totally different people. And I was yeah. just like, oh my, I was so nervous because, you know, you're normally just a, a real cool down to earth, not really saying too much. And then you got right. up on stage and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So tell us, tell my people, tell my listeners, tell my watchers your origin story. Who is Mike James? How the hell did you get into comedy? Who inspired you? Like, how did this all come about? Right. It, it, it was a roundabout way. So, I mean, I was born and raised in Nashville, Haynes Mountain. And, um, you know, I just always, you know, like making people laugh, try to get the girls, make them laugh. Uh, <laughs> it never worked, but I always tried. And uh, I just started watching uh, like Richard Pryor. And just was always watching him. I watched him to the point where I wouldn't even, like, I knew his jokes by heart. And, like, live from Sunset Strip, I knew it by heart. And I, without even knowing it, I was studying what he was doing. And then uh, me and my now, my, my now wife, uh, at the time, she was just my girlfriend. We went to her, um, her family reunion in Orlando. And... Uh, one of the days we went to uh, the Orlando Improv, they were having a a, um, a showcase. Uh, it's like a like an open mic, and they had some people there that that weren't good. Uh, they had some people that were were pretty good, and then they had the headliner, which he was amazing. Um, but the people that weren't good, I was just like, I can, I'm better than him. I can do this. Mm. And uh, I told my wife, and she was just like, Yeah, you can do it. Which I really don't think she. Cause like you said, I'm, I'm like different. I'm real shy. I really don't, I really don't say much. So why would, how would I be able to get in front of a crowd of people? Um, but I felt like I could do it. And when I saw the headliner, this guy named, um, tight Mike, I saw him and the way he commanded the stage and controlled the crowd. I was like, that's what I want. I want that. Um, it took me two years from that point to, mm -hmm. to get the, the nerve to go up. But that's, that's when I, I started doing it. And it's, you know, the first time I did it, I was just like, oh, this feels like home. So how did the crowd react on the first time? Did, did they go crazy? Uh, you know, the first time it was, it was at a, uh, it was a place called the bar car, um, okay. downtown. And I mean, it was an open mic. It was, you know, it wasn't, it may have been about 30, 40 people there. The, the guy that brought me on stage, he let them know that it was my first time. So they were, you know, they were nice about it. They, you know, they let me do my thing. They gave me some, some sympathy laughs, I, I guess. And then, uh, you know, but to me, I felt, I felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing when I got up there. Mm -hmm. 
which, you know, it was all because I, the re, the only reason why I went up there is because I, I had lied and told the, the guys at, at Zany's that I had been doing comedy a year and they booked me to do a showcase at Zany's. So I had to at least get on some stage before I went to right. Zany's. Right. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Fake that's it what, you, you know, that's I what love you got Well, okay. So let's rewind because you talked about Alicia. And mm. as you know, as most people know who've been following the show, uh, Alicia was on in season one, mm-hmm. episodes four and five. And I think five was the one we kind of talked about help. I'm a startup spouse. So we were talked about you and, and your, and your um, business and entrepreneurship uh, journey. So I want to go full 60. So we've mm. heard her side of the story. Tell, tell us how you were able to convince Alicia that this is like your passion, you know, like, are you going full throttle? Or are you going to nine to five it with, you know, doing this on the side? Like, what was the plan? Like, how do you, cause most of us don't know comedians, right? right. So how, how do you develop your business? How do you develop your, your marketing and all of that? How do you do that? Well, I mean, initially it was, I was working. I mean, I was, it wasn't like I was getting booked when you, when you first start, um, you're not getting booked. And I, I mean, I tell like a lot of newer comedians, they, they got the wrong idea about what we're doing. They think, you know, they should be making money as soon as, as soon as they start telling jokes. And it's just not the way it works. I mean, you, once you start, you're not funny. So no, who's going to book you? Nobody's going to pay you to see, to see you not be funny. Um, so it takes time. It takes years, actually. Um, so, I mean, at the time I was working, and I just continued to work and, you know, I would get booked here and there. Couldn't get in at Zany's really other than just doing showcases. And it was a club uh, called uh, Jazz and Jokes. It was downtown. It was more, more, of a, uh, more of our club. It was more of a black club. And, I mean, that was our home. So, you know, I really cut my teeth there. Shout out to AG, Black Rob, all them guys that was there, man, uh, Joe Johnson. I mean, they gave me an opportunity to to work on my craft and, and, and get better. I mean, the whole time I was there, I was still trying to get in at Zany's, you know. And, and I mean, it was a struggle. Is Zany's considered like the like a top shelf club that you want to get into? Yeah, Zany's is it. I mean, Zany's is considered one of um, the best clubs in in the country. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's multiple locations. There, there is, but the Zanies Nashville is. I mean, because it's a different. There are different owners here, uh, the Dorfmans, and um, you know, you'll hear uh, it's a guy named Joe Rogan. He he, he uh, tours with with Dave Chappelle too. He he has a, a huge podcast, and you know, he talks about Zanies all the time on there. I mean, it's just one of. It's just a really. It's a really good club. If you're a comedian, you you definitely want to work there. Mm-hmm. And because of that, if you're an in-town comedian and you're new, then you're not going to really have an opportunity to get in. You got to find a way and you got to be persistent. You got to you got to find a way. So while I was doing all that, I was still working and um, uh, the job I was at, they were laying off, which came at a time that um, I was like, well, you know, maybe this is a time we can. Mm-hmm. we can use to, you know, we just had a baby. So maybe this is a time we can use to, to kind of, you know, try this. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the best time. I mean, that, that's kind of what entrepreneurship is kind of trial and error. Right. I mean, and uh, it wasn't the best time. So 
at some point I went back to work and then I, I started getting booked enough where it was like, I can, I can leave now. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it and, you know, that's what happened. You know, my, my, my daughter, we had our second child by this time and we kind of needed some, somebody at home during the day. We just kind of, we just kind of had to figure out our little, our own little schedule and, and kind of play off each other and figure it out. I mean, and that's what you, if you, if you two, two entrepreneurs, you both got to figure it out. I mean, it's, it's, it's gonna. That's right. But did you find that the, that the entrepreneurship journey for both of you allowed the flexibility to kind of, you know, one being home during the day and one pick up later on and just able to match the need? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and now it's a, it's a lot different. I mean, um, the way our schedules are, this is, of course, pre-COVID when we were traveling. Um, but we always would, would try to, you know, I would try to make sure I book stuff um, when she was in town. She would try to make sure that she booked stuff, uh, you know, when I was kind of, just kind of make sure at least one of us are at home. And it doesn't always work out like that. Sometimes, you know, we're both gone. Um, sometimes we've done it where, you know, she, she may be in a, a city and I would book myself, I would get booked in that city so we could both go at the same time. Sometimes we take the whole family. I mean, just, uh, you know, we just try to just, just try to make it work. Man, I love that. I love that work-life balance. I love that. Love that. So what would you describe as your comedic style? Uh, my style is like real laid back. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it kind of mirrors it kind of mirrors who I am, but to a certain degree. I mean, it, as far as being laid back, that's me. But the confidence that I have on stage is not the same confidence off stage. Right, um, right. It's kind of like, a, I mean, on stage is 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 different. I can I can feel the crowd. I can I know I'm confident in what I'm saying. I believe in what I'm saying. I don't have any insecurities or anything. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. It's not a situation that I don't feel prepared for on stage. Now, off stage is completely different. You know, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm nervous and, you know, it's just. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Like a normal person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but on stage, it just feels like I'm a superhero up there. I don't worry about anything up there. So your material, are you, is it, is it every day? type of stuff or you know how do you how do you come up with your material and just oh my gosh you you you've met my kids right yes. <laughs> you met my wife They're so like, cute. <laughs> yes yeah the babies yeah, so, are adorable yes yeah they are adorable uh but at the same time it's it's like that there is so much material there and then you know now i've gotten to the point i i, I used to just try to be funny because when i started there's a lady named Rita jones um, she's like a, um, a Comic View legend. She was always on Comic View, Def Jam, stuff like that. So when I first started, I recorded a video. I think I had been on stage like three times. I recorded my video and I sent it to her just to get feedback from her. And her feedback to me was, she said, it's a little dirty, but don't focus on that. She's, she just said, right now, all you need to focus on is, being, is learning how to be funny. So I started doing it. I just was focused on being funny and, and that's, I just wanted to get funny. And then I did a show. I worked with Rosie O'Donnell 
she was telling me, she was like, you know, you're hilarious, but you're not memorable. Nobody can see you and say, they're, they're, when they go to your show, they're going to say, hey, that tall guy is funny, but I don't remember his name. She said, you have to do something. You have to talk about something personal. Things mm. that you have to leave a piece of yourself on stage so people mm. remember you. And when she said that, that kind of just changed everything for me. So I started talking about, uh, not, I mean, not just my family, but things that bother me. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't try to get, I don't try to get too political. Um, but I do like to talk about social issues and it's just, you know, things that I just, I feel, I feel a common sense, but it just seems like we're just, we're, we're ignoring it. I don't know what's going on in this country, but yeah. Um, you know, so I just, you know, I try to touch on all that. I, I want people to, I want people to laugh, but I also want them to make them think about stuff. Uh, Dave Chappelle is probably the best at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right next to Richard Pryor. He, he, he's, he's top for me. So what's one of your most memorable moments that have you opened for someone that you're like, Oh my God, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like what has been the most memorable moment for you? It's, it's so many, um, to be honest. I, I, I mean, this is kind of a, a, a long story, but I, I'll get into it. Now go ahead. Give it to <laughs> Um, so, like I said, I was trying to get into Zanies, and I really couldn't. See, the thing is, the the owners, they at the time they didn't, you know, they were, they, you know, they were trying to make money. They 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 had younger kids. They they had their own things to to deal with, so they didn't really have time to come up there and study and look at the comedians, see who's, you know, all that other stuff. So, getting into the club is, you know, almost impossible. And I'll and the way I felt was. Well, if you're not going to let me in the front door, I'll go in through the back. If the back's closed, let me find a window. And that's kind of the attitude I took. So I'm trying to get get on, get booked, and nobody's booking me. And uh, uh, I talked to to the uh, the general manager one day, and I was real frustrated. And I'm just like, Yo, like, can I do a guest set on, on this show? And she was like, no, you can't do a guest set. I'm like, well, can, when, can somebody book me? So she was like, well, you need to talk to Ron. He's the booker. And I'm like, well, I've emailed him and he's not emailing me back. He's not telling me anything. He's not booking me. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. And then I, it just felt like this was was God just interceding and just telling me to pay attention. I feel like she was trying to help me, too. She was like, you know, the only way you'll get to do a guest set on this stage is if the headliner asks for you to do it. So I was like, hmm. It was like a light bulb went off. I was like, well, okay. So the first person was a guy by the name of Brandon T. Jackson. I'm trying to think of some of the movies he was in. Uh, Roll Bounce. I think he was in that with Bow Wow and some, he was in a couple of things. So he, you know, I asked him after his show if I could do a guest set and he was cool with it because the, the show that I asked him, it was packed. Yeah. It was sold out. Well, he said, yeah, you can do it tomorrow. So I got there the next night. Wasn't that many people there. So I'm like, well, that's cool. I still do it, though. You know? <laughs> right, right. But the next time that I asked the headliner, it was Kevin Hart. Now, this is when Kevin Hart was right there to going to that next level. He was right there. What year, what year was this? Um, what year was this? 2011. 
Okay. Yeah. So he had, um, he, they, he was coming in, in town and he was so it, like, it was, su- he was in such demand. They, the Zanies put out an email. They didn't even, they didn't do any kind of promote anything. They just put out an email to the people on their email list in two hours. He had sold out six shows. So it was just like, like he was, it was all about. So when he uh, came in, you know, I, I hung out because I had been hanging out with them for the past two years. So I hung out in the back and, you know, in the green room. And I just couldn't find a good time to ask him because it was somebody always around. So I go out and I'm waiting. The show is over. So now I'm outside and I'm just like, well, you know, oh, well, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. So they come out as I'm getting ready to get in my car. Everybody comes out and he's getting in the car. And I'm like, well, I still miss my opportunity. But what happened is his now wife, something that happened when she was getting in the car and he couldn't get in. So he was outside by himself. So that's when I asked if I could do a spot on his show. And he was cool about it. He let me, he was like, yeah, man, I got you. Come through tomorrow. Mm. You'll do the second show. And, uh, so I, I did the, the show. I went up and <laughs> I mean, that dude is crazy. I, I, I can't even say what he said to him, but he, uh, he I think we can all imagine it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, it, that was crazy. But, um, so what was so dope is he, um, I mean, it's Kevin Hart. He's a huge star. Yeah. I, uh, I, do, I go up, I do my set. I bring this guy to the stage and like everybody's clapping and I have a real good set. As I'm coming off stage, I still hear clapping. It's in the back though. So as I'm, uh, as I get back in the green room, it's Kev. He's clapping. He's standing up clapping for me. Oh. And he, he's just, he's just pulled me to the side and it's like, look, man, you, he's like, you asked me if you could do a, good, a, a guest set and you went up there and you killed it. He was like, I love that. He was, and I mean, at, after he said that, I can't tell you what he was saying. Everything just went blank. He was saying yeah, something. It was surreal. Yeah. Yeah, it was saying, I'm like, I cannot believe this. So then um, I didn't come back to reality until he said, so are you going to come back and do it again tomorrow? Mm. Like, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. in my mind, this dude just asked me to go on tour with him. <laughs> like, I'm like, right. <laughs> I'm like turning like, down. I yeah, I'm like turning down gigs. I'm like, they like, yo, can you do this show? I'm like, hey, man. I'm like, man, Kev got us on. It looks like we're going to be out the country. I can't do it. It was, me, it was me, crazy. Babe, get my passport. Let yeah, me go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's go get these, these uh, this luggage. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to. <laughs> it was crazy. But he, he was real cool. And because of that, um, the club owner was there. And he saw. Him. Then he started. He started working me. Now, I mean, there are a lot of people who, who've helped me, you know, get my name out there. Right, right. Um, help me get booked. But he, I, you know, I always say he he got the ball rolling. He gave me that push that I that I needed. So, it just I mean, it only was, takes one person. Yeah, it only takes that's one what I, person. I tell people that all the time. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. You know, you look at somebody like Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker was I mean, he had maybe 10 or 15 minutes of material. And it was good though. Yeah. And Ice Cube song. There you go. Then Friday, he's gone. Look, you. I'm looking. We Netflix. We we need to see you on some stand ups yeah. on some Netflix. I'm, I'm working it, that's on that. That's what's next. That's what's yeah. next. 
Oh my goodness. That's an awesome story. Thank you so much for sharing. But we are getting close to the end of our time. I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Sharing your story uh, of entrepreneurship, of, of family, of hustle and grit. Because I know this is not an easy industry to be in. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, you. But before we go, I want you to... Um, Tell everyone how they can follow you. If you've got anything coming up, any calls to action and how they can, you know, kind of follow you. So uh, if you're on uh, Instagram or Twitter, my handle is uh, at third pick comedy. That's the number three R D P I C K comedy. Uh, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother situation. Cause everybody asks me why we'll have a part two. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody want to know about that. But yeah, that um, or, you know, just look me up. Uh, if you put in Mike James, uh, comedian Mike James in Nashville on Facebook, you can find me there. Uh, right now, I've just kind of taken a, a break with the whole COVID thing. Yep. Uh, yep. So at least till these numbers go down, um, then I'll get back out there. So, you know, that's that's all I'm, I'm doing. All right. Well, I'm going to push for you. I want my audience to to keep continue to follow you. And if you are in the Nashville area, make sure you check out the zany schedule. Cause you might see Mike James third pick comedy <laughs> on there. Please go out and see him. Uh, you will have an awesome time. Your stomach will be hurting. You will be doubled over. Um, <laughs> <Thank so> again, <laughs> again, Mike, thanks again for coming on and sharing your story. And I just want to also add uh, for everyone who's watching and listening uh, you can pick up the audio podcast, uh, The Felony Snatch Experience, on any of your favorite podcast platforms, including Amazon and, and Audible. Or you can simply just go to com and pick up any of the audio episodes. I want to encourage everyone to go back to a, a season one, check out episodes four and five. You'll find Mike James's wife, Alicia James, talking mm -hmm. about her journey as an entrepreneur, as well as being his spouse as a startup <laughs> spouse. Um, and then also check out the interviews. Um, if you want to watch them, they're on my YouTube channel, the Philanese Nash Experience podcast channel. And then also if you are on the Clubhouse app, I have started hosting some roundtable discussions there every Saturday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, currently, we're talking about has starting a business cause issues in your relationship. So check us out every Saturday clubhouse app at 4 p.m. Central. And then just follow me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Philanise Nash at all of those social media locations. And then finally, if you want to be a guest on the Philanise Nash podcast, uh, click on my bio link on IG and fill out the guest interest form and we'll be sure to get back with you. So Mike, Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in, listening and watching. And I just want to encourage everyone in 2021, the COVID has not left yet. So please wear your mask, wash your hands and socially distance. Take care. Peace. Peace.